when you're on the road to your purpose, you will go through some things that may not make sense in the natural realm. Where a human being puts a full stop, God has put a comma because that was not where my story was to end. I have a purpose. I have a calling. I have this beautiful, amazing life that I have been given. Welcome to Next Level on Purpose podcast with John Maturi, a podcast for trail blazing professional women who are feeling disillusioned in their nine to five jobs. Hello, my lovelies. Welcome to yet another episode of the podcast. And as I was preparing for this podcast, it just hit me that, you know, sometimes we do not know what lies ahead of us. You remember where we ended at in the last episode I did share with you. And if you haven't listened to that episode yet, I would suggest you start there, then jump right on to this one because you'll be able to sort of see where the continuation uh, leads to. So let's get cracking get your drink, whatever it is that you like, whether you're on the treadmill or whatever it is, be ready uh, for yet another episode where I will go all in um, on what it means to step to your next level on purpose, even without knowing what that looks like. So I knew, I knew that on that 26th of December, as I shared with you on that Pinterest board, I knew that something had shifted in me, but I did not know that in a year, my entire life was going to change. Let's go back to the hospital scene. So where I left was where the doctor said that they needed to do some tests. And some of the blood tests I shared in the episode proved that I was severely anemic, but they uh, wanted to find out what was the exact uh, cause of that anemia. And as the doctor was prompted by the other doctor in the UK, as I mentioned, their decision was for them to do a biopsy. For those of you who don't know what a biopsy is, I'm just going to tell you in short the said that the because of the extreme pain I was and the situation, uh, how it looked, that they really wanted to rule out cancer or rule out, you know, anything that was malignant in my body. So they took the samples that they needed. And I must say this, I've never seen such extreme generosity because when the doctors said that I needed people to donate blood, I, you know, I sent a message out on my Facebook. I sent out a message or, uh, through my email to ask friends and family, church members, 
to come and give blood. And I want to say this, it was so interesting because people came in so many numbers and some people to date thank me. They're like, Joanne, thank you so much for asking us to draw blood because that's when they found out that they had their own condition. Some of them found out that they had diabetes, high blood pressure, and they would not have known had they come to donate blood for me. So there I was in my hospital bed lying down you know, uh, getting these transfusions. And, you know, I was looking out of the window one day and I saw this young man selling smokies. This was outside the Nairobi hospital. And if you can picture this in your mind, there's this big hospital and where I was lying on my bed, I, I was looking outside and there's this big bus stop and this young man was selling different items. And I said how I could trade my life to be with him hawking. That's how I was feeling at that point. I was at my lowest. I was so despondent. I was like, what can I do to get my health back? Because health is wealth. And I recognize it now more than ever. So after they did the blood transfusions, I was in the hospital for three days and they said to me that they're going to discharge me. And in a couple of days, they were going to call me back for my results. So off I went. Um, of course, I went back to work. You guys know me by now. Uh, but I, you know, sort of reached a point of absolute surrender. I'm like, you know, I don't know what's going to happen. But one thing is that I know that God has never failed me and that irrespective of what happens, I believe that it will all come out for my good. Little did I know that those thoughts really were a seed I was sowing uh, without even knowing. And you're going to get to discover that as we go further and further into this episode and future episodes. So after a couple of days, they said to me that they would call me and they did. The doctor who took the biopsy calls me up and says that he would want me to come to his clinic immediately. Uh, you know, within the next few hours, if I could. And he asked me to come with a friend. And ladies, I can say God, God is such a faithful God because I did not know that when something is critical, they tell you come with somebody. So um, a friend of mine had just called me. She wanted us to, to meet. And I said to her, please come by and take me to the hospital. Uh, as I waited for my mom to come, my father had traveled um he was he had gone to dubai for a golf safari so he wasn't available but when we got to the hospital you know immediately i said my name the nurse went in and said to the doctor that joanne is here you know and when i was called in with my friend you know, he looked at me straight in the eye. He asked me how I am. I said, I am okay. And then he says, I said, the pain is still there, but the medication that you have given me has really helped and I'm feeling so much better. However, I'm still in pain and I don't feel 100%, but I'm back to work and doing what I need to do. And he says to me that, you know, Joanne, uh, that what I'm about to tell you may not be the best of news, um, but I'm happy that you're with your friend. And he went straight. And I can tell you I was a zombie because these are the words that came out of his mouth. He said, Joanne, 
We have tested the biopsies and we have found a tumor in your body and the tumor is malignant and it's C. pancreas, that is pancreatic cancer. And he said to me that is one of the worst forms of cancer and that, you know, before he could even finish that statement, I had a third and it was a loud sound, like it was something like it was outside. It was my friend. She had dropped on the floor and she gave this loud scream. I couldn't even, you know, it was so loud and the nurses came running in and, you know, they thought she was the patient and, you know, it was a bit of drama. And I was there like a zombie just staring at the doctor. But in my heart of hearts, I just, you know, I was so calm. And the next thing I, I was told, your mom is at the reception. The doctor said, can she come in? She came in and she was told the news and I just burst into tears. And I want to say this, that was probably one of the darkest days of my life ever. I remember calling Fred, my husband now, and saying to him that they have found that it is a tumor, it is malignant, and the doctor says that we need to discuss what the next steps of treatment would be, and you can imagine what that was for me. It was so scary. It was like my life just literally being cut short before my eyes, but somewhere inside of me, there was a fight, there was a resolve. Something in me said that I am not yet done, that I have my one royal life to lead and that if it is not now, you know, then when? But I, again, as I said, first things first, I needed to deal with the cards that have been given to me. And I remember being so desperate, being so downcast, being so low. And the doctor said to me that, Joanne, we need to make up our minds that we need to do ASAP because time is not on our side. But I want to say this, where a human being puts a full stop, God has put a comma, because that was not where my story was to end. I have a purpose. I have a calling. I have this beautiful, amazing life that I have been given. And I want to share with you the events that led to that because when some of you hear the word exponential, quantum leaps, major shifts, you think it happens for other people. But I want to say that what I experienced within the next year or so is indescribable in so many ways. And I'm going to delve into a little bit of that. So remember where I left at. So here we are. Uh, the doctor said that we look at a course of treatment and after a few consultations with several doctors over the next couple of weeks, I remember the oncologist saying to me straight in my face that based on the prognosis and what we are seeing and the size of the tumor, the maximum we see you surviving is six months. Again, you can never put a full stop where God has put a comma because my life is still here. I'm still here and alive. And I did not take those words. In fact, as she was speaking, I kept saying control, alt, delete. That is not my portion. I still have so much to do. I have a calling that is way beyond the here and the now. And I'm not going to succumb to what has been said over my life. And I remember going back to my office and still 
putting in the hours. I never said anything to anybody. I just knew that, you know, as we await the next course of action, uh, I knew that there was this mass in my body, this tumor that needed to be treated, but I just continued my work like nothing. My clients would come to my office. I would serve them like royalty, not even whisper a thing about what I was going through. And I want to say that that tenacity, that resilience, that ability to forge through uh, such a difficult situation is, is such an amazing skill because I'm now able to apply it in my current business, right? That a lot of the things that we do not recognize as skills or we do not recognize what they are serving at that particular time is a time in the future that they will astound you, you know, as I leave this second chance that I've gotten, I go back and see that that zeal, that obstinance that I had to fight for my life was because I still had so much to accomplish. Every single one of us has the ability to decide and choose exactly how we want our lives to be. But sometimes we get caught up with the distractions, the stress, and obligations of daily life that we consider this choice a luxury, it does not have to be that way. Well, the good news is that there is a solution, and it is the recognition that the most important part of this puzzle piece is you. You will always have to go back to you, so why not start with you? The next level on Papa's Group Coaching Program will help you start the year from an elevated place by getting back to you fast. This is the only personal development program you'll need to start the year on a high with your mind, body, and spirit in the right place. When you work on yourself from the inside out, you allow yourself to experience real transformation with the absolute confidence to say yes to your divine calling without reservation. And that is why I created this personal development group immersive experience just for you. At the end of the 12 weeks, my promise to you is that you will live with unparalleled confidence in yourself and what you have to offer to the world, an aligned vision for your life, a deep understanding of your top desires, values, passions, and strengths, an awareness of your deepest fears, those debilitating, limiting beliefs and obstacles, and how to deal with them, a deep motivation to change your life for the better, a conviction to show up with boldness and courage in your life and business, and of course, top-notch accountability to ensure that you complete that which you start. If this program feels exciting to you and you'd like to explore whether it is right for you, then I invite you to schedule a time to meet privately with me on phone. The link to book this call is in the show notes. During this call, we will discuss the goals that you desire to bring to life in 2022 and determine whether the next level on purpose group coaching experience can and will help you get the results that you so deserve and desire. So I got my treatment. Uh, we will not go too deep into that because it was quite intense treatment. I had a surgery I'm going to talk about the surgery because the surgery is perhaps one of the most important parts of my journey. So when this, the doctor 
finally set me in for a date for my operation. I made a decision to take a retreat for a few days. And while I was at the retreat, one of the nights, uh, by this time, Fred had come down from the UK. He was in Kenya and we the retreat together. And I woke up with, I cannot even describe it, terrible abdominal pain. And the next thing, I was on the floor, literally groaning in extreme agony. I was throwing up. This might be a bit traumatic for some of you listeners, but it was a very, 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 very um, bad scene because we could tell that there was something absolutely not right with what was happening in my body. And uh, the retreat was out of town. We had gone to a town called Moranga. And in in Kenya, and the drive from Ranga to Nairobi is about one and a half hours. And this was going on to 3 a.m. when all this started. And when Fred called my doctor, he said she needs to be admitted immediately. That does not sound good. In fact, now in retrospect, the doctor says that they suspect, they were worried that the tumor had burst and would have caused a sepsis in my body. So I was quickly rushed to back to Nairobi where I was admitted. And I am sharing all this as a testimony because I got into the hospital in really bad shape. And the doctors said that I needed some additional pints of blood. Again, we put a blood drive call and they came, donated blood. And on September the 19th of 2014, I was taken into surgery. What the doctor had said was going to be, you know, a one month or so stay. This is exactly what happened. I was admitted into the hospital, went into an eight-hour surgery. And as soon as my doctor, Dr. Khan, operated me, they, they had indicated I would be in ICU for the next few days to a week, after which I would be sent to HDU, then the general or, you know, the room for the private room for recovery. Now, when I talk about exponential shifts and God doing what it is that he wants to do, I want somebody to get this because when you're on the road to your purpose, you will go through some things that may not make sense in the natural realm. They do not make sense in the physical. And this is exactly what happened. After the doctor operated and they were about to wheel me into ICU, I immediately opened my eyes and I was in full consciousness. And I said to the doctor, Dr. Khan, and he dropped his scissors <laughs> because he could not believe it because this has ne had never happened. And I asked him, Doc, how did it go? So what did that mean? I was fully conscious. So I didn't need to go to ICU and I was taken to HDU. And while in HDU, I remember I did not know anything to do with mantras. I did not know anything to do with positive affirmations and that type of personal development stuff. But I just knew I did not belong there. And I kept calling my doctor and saying, I do not belong here. I do not belong here. I need to go. I need to, uh, to be moved to my own private room. I do not belong here. I kept telling the nurses, like it was like a song. And the doctor said, you have to be here because you've had major surgery. And because of the medicine they needed to administer me, it could not be administered in the private room. Suffice it to say, miracles happen. And in two days, I was moved from the HDU because I was recovering at the speed of lightning. My mindset was so good. My body was responsive. 
the wound was healing really fast, really well. And the doctor agreed with me, you know. He said, I do not see why I should keep you here longer than you need to. So I was taken to the private room and what was meant to be a one month uh, stay in the hospital, according to their plans, God completely disrupted it. And I was in hospital for a record of only 10 days. By the 10th day, I was ready to be discharged. I had a physiotherapist and lots of treatment because I had been operated right in my core, but I was determined to get better. I was determined to recover. I was determined to live my one royal life and to do what it is that I was put here to do. So for the next few months, as I took my leave, I took time off work for obvious recuperation and also to get intensive treatment. And during that time, when I was getting my treatment, I made a trip to the United Kingdom. This was in October, right? Remember, I had my surgery in September. And what, you know, what makes me so happy is that I had actually applied for a visa a few months before to come and visit. So I already had my UK visa ready. You see, everything works out for our good, as I was saying. So I didn't need to apply for the visa. I already had my visa ready and waiting. So when the doctor gave me the, the go-ahead, because I needed to recover to a substantial amount, and the doctor gave me the go-ahead to make the trip. I booked my ticket and I came to the UK. And when I got here, I went straight to uh, one of the oncologists in the United Kingdom uh, who, when she assessed my wound, she assessed everything that my records and she looked at me and she said, this is nothing short of a miracle. Considering you had this surgery less than a month or about a month, where your rat is where many people would be eight months down the line. What can I say other than how grateful I am to God for that speedy recovery? And when she looked at my recovery and the documentation, she said something. She said, wow, your wound has healed so beautifully. I don't think would even have done such a job here. This was done incredibly well. So thank your surgeon, thank your doctor. So thank you, Dr. Khan. I will send you this episode so that you can listen to it because you are such a good, amazing friend of mine. And up to now, I'm so grateful for what you did in saving my life. And forever, Dr. Khan, I will remain indebted to you for your love and for your friendship. You know, it makes me so emotional because not every doctor, not every physician has such a heart, such a heart of service. And Dr. Khan, at the beginning of my operation, assured me, and he said to me, you, your work is to pray. For me, leave me, because I have the craftsmanship. And if you pray that your God, <laughs> you know, my God will lead him and guide him, everything will go according to plan. And that's exactly what happened. So here I am in the UK. It's extremely cold at a place where I'm trying to get in a few minutes of exercise every day and just really clear my mind as I prepare for the next phase, which was to be my chemo treatment. I was at first very um, unsettled about it. But after much thought and deliberations, decided that I was going to go all in. And I want to share again that I so 
unbelievable, unbelievable miracles with that chemo treatment because not for one, not one day did I suffer from um, the side effects in a really bad way. In fact, I never got sick one day. I was I had the medication to help with the nausea and all that. The only thing I had was tingling of my hands. And I went to work when I got back to Kenya uh, at the end of October, early November. I was back to work by mid-November, which then leads to where we left each other in the story. I returned to work in mid-November of 2014, after what was meant to be a three-month stint, but I was good enough. I said, I'm happy to report back. And I'm so grateful to my former employer because they took me back. They paid for my medical bills. They really, really uh, gave me such a conducive environment for my recovery. Uh, and that, you know, just really made it so much easier for me during that time. Now, I want to say this. By the time I was back to the office in November, I had been away, you know, for a couple of months. And that is how I ended up, right? Working on the 26th of December because I said to myself, I've been away for so long that my colleagues also get the opportunity. And as I said, I was considered cost staff. So I sort of wanted to make up time. And that is where we ended up on the vision board. We ended up with a Pinterest board and all my dreams and aspirations coming up to life. I knew though on this day that my time was slowly running out of this organization. I had been doing this job with so much conviction and so much pride and joy, but I knew that this season was slowly coming to an end. I needed my brain to catch up with my heart. I knew I owed my employer so much and I really felt a deep obligation to do the right thing, which was to sit still, continue doing what I needed to do because I loved my job. And I knew that for 13 years I had served with such diligence and that is what had led me to the comfort zone. And I want to say that it is not over until God says it is over. And that was leading to the next season of my life, which is the year of transition. And we're going to talk about that in depth in the next episode. So please, please, please subscribe. Please rate and review my podcast, share it with a friend, invite a friend to listen. And all the links are in the show notes. So please remember the three things to rate, to review, and to subscribe if these episodes are touching your spirit and ask a friend or two or three to listen in because as I said, I'll be dropping some juicy, juicy episodes. And I wouldn't want anybody to miss out on these value bombs that will be coming in every single week. So I will love you and leave you until the next episode. May the good Lord watch over you and protect you. See you in the next episode, the year of transition. Music.